Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. 4 o'clock Central Hour, 5 in the East. Glad you're with us across the Outkick network. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Our thanks to Trey Wallace and Armando Salguero for joining the show earlier. You can hit up the podcast if you miss portions of that conversation. Um, you can download the audio wherever you get your audio for uh, podcasting purposes on your phone or a smart device. And, of course, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search out Outkick360. Uh, the curious uh, hatred between Jeffrey Simmons, Titans defensive lineman, and Bengals offensive lineman Quentin Spain is a heavyweight bout that I didn't know I needed, but I'm now all here for. And on social media, they've been going at it for a couple of weeks. I'm not sure what this all goes back to, and because of that, I'm not choosing sides. I don't know what this is about, but I am all here for it. Grab the popcorn. Every tweet that these guys send each other is amazing. And Quentin Spain, post-game, after the Super Bowl, <laughs> is discussing, uh, he's tweeting out stuff about Jeffrey Simmons, who had already tweeted about him going against Aaron Donald on that final play on fourth down after the AFC uh, divisional round here in Nashville. Quentin Spain celebrating with teammates in the locker room, live on Instagram Live or Twitter or whatever it was, uh, MFing Big Jeff. Watch the throw hands. I, uh, I mean, there's not too many. Uh, let's put it this way: there's not too many one percenters across the planet. Those two lined up across from each other, going at it in a heavyweight bout, is something I'd pay pay per view dollars to watch. I don't think it would last very long. I, I think Simmons would kick his butt like he did on the on the football fields. That's the weird thing is that Spain had so much to say. I mean, I understand he won. His team won. But individually, he was part of a line that got its butt kicked in Nashville. I think you're, you're wise to be quiet about personal stuff, talk about the team win, and, and move on. Jeffrey Simmons and the Titans' defensive front had their way with, uh, with the Bengals. So do you do, you do the na-na-na-na-na-na stuff based on the win, even though you got manhandled? This it was, goes it was weird, that. and he deleted one of them. And then, then reworded it and tweeted it out again. He doubled down. Yeah, Instagrammed it. I think he took the tweet down, and then he Instagrammed it. Some of it I didn't understand. It was lingo that I, I did not understand. Well, I think there's a background we don't know between these yeah, two. There's that's a, what there's I'm here for. There's a beef for. that goes deeper than just, I don't like this guy on the football field. And then, there's something uh, else happening Simmons here. tweeted 67, like with an exclamation point, right after Donald ran right past him. On the, on the clinching play of the Super Bowl. Quentin Spain's not a particularly bright guy, and I say this from having covered him in a locker room 
and Chad, you you can feel free to comment on him as a guest on our old show. Yeah, we interviewed him. I don't I don't think you were in that day, Paul. You were doing something else, but Hutton and I interviewed him at one point, and uh, it was one of the worst interviews we've ever conducted. Uh, He's I not feel, a talker. I feel very confident in, in saying that. Very uh, two one two word responses in a radio interview. It, it was not great. Okay, Quentin, thanks for I, coming. I'll by. also say, you know, not in an interview setting should you say less the way Quentin Spain did that day. But there are times in life where the best advice is to say less. I think Quentin Spain's probably well advised to say less when it comes to Jeffrey Simmons. Um, but I'm also with Hutton. I, if they're going to throw hands, I'd love to watch it. Um, but my take on this is, yeah, these guys don't want to fight. I wouldn't want to fight either one of them. One of the of guys, course not. Spain's one of the guys that's probably not on that team next year if they do a sufficient job of fixing their offensive line. But I see I'm fast I'm not fascinated by the fact that Spain's willing to go out there and and call him out. I mean this is like now multiple weeks in a row where he's done so. And it's more than just the Bengals advanced and the Titans didn't. They're still going at each other and now they're bringing it to social media. I want to know the backstory. In fact, Spain after the AFC game here in Nashville put on he's like if you guys want to know what's I'm paraphrasing. You guys want to know what's got me so upset, go ask Simmons about how he's running his mouth and what he's actually saying. I don't know what all that entails. I'll do that as soon as I see Simmons. Um, but, I mean, he's putting it out there for social media to, to unpack. There, there, I just want to know the backstory between the two. Because, I like, there's... How there's long some, were they on the same team? Uh, what, what were the, their paths crossed for what? I don't even know if they what? were. I'm not positive they overlapped. Yeah, I'm not even sure if they I, were. I feel like there may have been one year where they overlapped, but I could be wrong. But that, my mind immediately goes to there is a big-time beef we don't know about when they were teammates, when I, when I see this level of vitriol between two guys. Spain's last year here was 18. Yeah, so no. So he came in after that. Yes. So, I, I, yeah, they didn't. Simmons got here in 19, right? Well, yes. then something happened on the field against each other, and that's it. And they've only faced off once, well, and that was played, in Cincy last year. He was in Buffalo in 2019. The Titans play Buffalo in 2019. Yes, they played every year. Yeah, so they've they've played. They um, they've got a history. I just I for for the most part, you kind of know the storylines. This one we don't, and I eventually it's going to make its way out. Scary. I think we'll all be so surprised by it. I the fact that Spain keeps saying like, "Hey, if I see you out, we're going to fight," is <laughs> really intriguing. Well, I don't think Simmons is going to offer it up. I don't think. Spain's joking either. And no. I don't think Simmons is a guy who backs down. There, there again, there are one percenters. There are, you know, uh, Aaron Donald is one. Jeffrey Simmons is one. You, you can go around the, the world and find these guys. Brock Lesnar comes to mind, right? Um, and you've got Spain calling out one of the one percenters. To me, that's, <laughs> that's, that's bold. Well, and it's bold for the one percent aspect of it. I'll also say there's likes to fight guy. And likes to fight guys typically pretty good at fighting because he does it a lot. And Quentin Spain strikes me as likes to fight guy. Paul, this is probably Yanda, been a lot of fights in his life. Yes. Marshall Yanda accused uh, Simmons of spitting in his face during yes. the Baltimore playoff game in 2019, I think, the game the yep. Titans won. Um, this is and not, I asked Simmons about it, and he wouldn't, wouldn't say anything about it. You know, wouldn't a, a de lot didn't of, deny it. A lot of times you want to stay away from the quiet guy. Spain's not a big talker. So at least publicly, and uh, an example would be Andre Johnson and Cortland Finnegan. 
You stay away from the quiet guy. Yeah, that was a bad moment for Cortland Finnegan uh, in his career when he decided to cross you Daddy. Stay away from Andre Johnson, bad. David Stewart. There's also the guy who's quiet, and then we've all seen this guy. And when it's time to throw hands, mm-hmm. goes into an insane fit of like a, a fit of rage, rage where he's tearing the shirt off or he just looks crazy in his eye. There's something about Quentin Spain that strikes me as that guy, too. Like he's the guy. We had a buddy in high school who every time he got upset, he'd cry. He'd get so mad, he'd start crying, like sobbing, tearing up, wanting to fight someone. Emotion. I don't think that Quentin Spain's a crier when he gets mad, but he looks so worked up, he's probably on the verge of tears. And that's not a guy you want to fight either. I, I will say it's been completely lopsided on the, the social media war. This is a boy, this is a ninety nine percent pro Jeffrey Simmons well, response. I think Simmons has let's, owned him let's like I imagine it. he would do in the fight. Quentin Spain has had a nice little career in the fact that he's been able to hang on for a while and he's been a starter in the NFL. Yes. I, I do not begrudge him for that at all. That is a Great job. Job well done. And he's undrafted. Quentin Spain is going to be a guy that's remembered for yeah. giving up an Ole to Aaron Donald in one of the most memorable plays in NFL but history. I, I just that's find, what he's going to go down as. But don't you guys find it interesting? That is his lasting mark on the NFL. He's not defending the play. He's not tweeting or talking trash to Aaron Donald after the game. He immediately goes back to Simmons. <laughs> I want to get back to that divisional round, if I may. Yeah. Not this play that we just saw, but when we beat Jeffrey Simmons and the Titans. Reed, it is weird. How would you uh, handicap this bout? The and the are you as fascinated in this as I am between these two guys in the trenches? Yeah, but we're also talking about a guy whose most memorable moment while in Nashville was drinking a beer catfish. out of a catfish at a Nashville Predators game. So we're talking about a guy. Look, the bar is very low for Quentin Spain on this one. And if we're looking at body types, I don't think it's going to go the distance. So if Quentin Spain oh, is a, not knocking Jeffrey Simmons out in the first 45 seconds of whatever fight this is, he stands no yes. chance whatsoever. One guy has breasts and one guy does not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> last I saw. Well, I mean, last oh, I saw. Yeah. You, guys, you guys can make your jokes all you want about fat guy yeah. uh, with Quentin Spain. That guy's out there playing an entire NFL game, so he's got some cardiovascular oh, I, ability. Agree. Like, there are big guys but who Jeffrey have, Simmons. I guarantee you, his cardio also. is better than mine right now. Of he course. outweighs me well, by about 100 pounds. What kind of bar is that? He's a professional football player. But Jeffrey Simmons is a much better professional football player. Well, I'm saying, Reed saying that, you know, his – He's going to lose his win so quickly. I wouldn't be so quick to say that. Oh, now, no, no. There's if I put money a, on whose win a, lasts longer, no, no, no. it's Simmons. I can tell you right now, I could go out and play an entire football game and never lose my breath. You put me inside of a ring fighting someone. You put me inside of a ring fighting someone. I will take you up on that right now. How can we make this That sounded like the walk-off. No, no. That sounded like uh, the walk-off claim. No, I I I will walk you you into the, what? You know, with our, I'll walk you into the ground, big boy. (laughs) A a former radio host in Nashville who who told a former Pro Bowl tight end that he would walk him into the ground. That sounded a little this, bit like that. This I forgot is a man who's not forgot, in good shape either. That, I forgot to tell you, Chad, clown. at this point in my life, I, I'm a punter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Get me out there and, for and every four plays and punt, and I won't lose my breath. I'd love to make this happen. Uh, we I think have, they would, too. We have an affiliation. I'm talking about Reed oh. playing a game and see if he loses his breath. <laughs> we have an affiliation with the USFL. Maybe we could get Reed into a practice, practice. and see if he could practice. We could, we could video it and see if you could last a practice Look, right and here, just play plays over and over. And see if you lose your right here, right now. I'd like to declare myself eligible for the USFL draft. As I tell every prospect that comes to me, says, "Dude, (laughs) how do I try out for the Titans?" I tell them, I say, "They know you're available. 
Were you, what was your position in high school? <laughs> uh, I could do it all, Chad. Look at him, he's a nose I was, guard. I, I was a center. I was a guard. Under? I was a defensive tackle. I was a, a linebacker. Right. I played cornerback in middle school. Let's say defensive tackle. <laughs> I could see Reed as like a four-point stance guy at defensive tackle, just a fire hydrant that gets all – you know, he's, he's got all four points down. What's the over-under on Reed getting actually the, getting down in a four-point stance and, and exploding up? <laughs> Before losing his breath, four or five times. Just I'm not talking about pads I'm on someone three. in front of him. I'm going I want to see him get a four point stance, explode up, and then we'll we'll Into gauge. I'll give him my Fitbit, and we'll look at his heart rate and see how quickly you know, he's out of breath. That thing might break. There are guys who get into the octagon Death who know the they know they're leaving in a knockout. Like they 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 stand no chance against the heavyweights. This is Reed doing this is the equivalent because he's guaranteeing when he gets down in that stance when he stands up. There's a back surgery coming. I don't want to create a widow. Guaranteed. <laughs> That's happening. I'm not going to. I mean, I once sustained a, a heart rate of 160 for about an hour and a half one time and didn't die. So, How, what, what created surgery. that, if I may ask? Uh, if an, it's appropriate an, for air. An, 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 <laughs> an ill advised hike. <laughs> a Lucky Charms marshmallow. <laughs> what, what were you no, hiking? I was just diabetes. <laughs> what uh, were you hiking? The pedestrian bridge in Nashville? Uh, no, it was part of the Appalachian Trail, actually. That is so beautiful. Yeah. Not not no not a hundred and sixty heart rate for an hour and a half. It's not I would like to take that hike with you and ask you questions like while you're doing After it. After a while it Name your ten it favorite kinda, animals. It kinda starts coming in and out. In and out. What what heart rate is actually considered a heart attack? It's that, isn't it? Isn't that the no, threshold? You gotta go way above that. I'll get I'll get to one sixty on an elliptical. Doctor Withrow, you got to go like you know uh, one eighty five plus. Pretty, isn't it a case by case basis? Yeah, I think technically yeah. zero would be a heart attack, right? Well, uh, you, you can get your heart racing enough where you have a heart attack. That's considered death. Yeah, that's called flatlining. Really. <laughs> but I a mean, rapid your heart, heart stops. A rapid heart rate outside of 100 beats per minute is uh, technically what people say is uh, alerted. My, you should be alerted. Do you want to know what I'm at right now? I don't know. Do we? I'm currently sitting at uh, resting 98. Heart resting heart wow. rate of 98. Is that impressive? I'm at 70. Right now, that's not great. Seated, uh, I should be at fifty-five to sixty. Any of these? Well, it doesn't, say, it doesn't say that's a heart attack. It just says to monitor. You should be. You should monitor that. And they're both monitoring it. They both have these yeah. fancy yeah. things. Yeah. On. Now I'm up All to the 100. guys with I'd things rather, on are over there. All the guys know. who don't want to know are over here. <laughs> I'd rather not know. Yeah, ignorance is bliss when it comes to your heart rate. I yeah, will and say. your and, and sleep and your cholesterol. Your sleep when you realize how little you sleep on the Fitbit, you go back and look at your sleep stats. Sometimes ignorance is bliss with that one. Can you imagine Paul with that? Yeah, I'd get a lot sets. of feedback yeah. about my sleep. Paul would get the, 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 there's a green star that comes with an excellent night's sleep. Oh, I'd get two you green stars. You would get stars. that, yeah. It'd be excellent, 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 day after day. Multiple green star winner right here. Paul has no problem sleeping. sleep sleeping. well. Takes me some time sometimes, but ultimately I get the job done. Zach Taylor um, defended the Bengals' offensive line. Of course he That's did. the first lie of the offseason. He's falling on the grenade. He said that he could have called better plays to protect Burrow more, yeah. and I'm thinking... All the one-second throws. At what, at what point do you just run out of options with that line? They, they did. They ran out of options at the end of the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was up 20, 20 to 13. They Should ran have out done of more in the first yeah. half when it was working. Get the um, points. Coming up, tough decisions across the AFC South as uh, teams begin to put their strategy together for the offseason, draft and free agency, but it's impacted by what some players will end up doing or waiting on while the team that they're currently on would like to retain them. That's straight ahead on OutKick 360. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Kick 360 rolls on. So we've got the radio network and the live stream, and we have a massive storm hitting downtown Nashville. So we'll just uh, find out a lot about these protocols uh, as we, you know, as we face them head on. We'll find out what happens if the power goes out at 6th and Peabody. No better and, way to learn. And if the generator kicks on immediately. You know, my old high school basketball coach, Coach Bell, used to say, we're going to throw you right from the frying pan into the fire. And to this day, I still don't really know what that means, but that's kind of what we're doing here. We're, we're going cooked. right from the frying pan into the fire with this storm, and we're going to test it out, and we're going to see it all you're, together. You're being cooked, and then you accidentally spill out into the thing that was cooking you into the fire. It's a but from extreme. a basketball perspective, like you're already in the pressure cooker, but now we're going to throw you into more yeah. of the pressure cooker. Yeah. Uh, that was the sense of the, the message, I think, to me at that point in time, but... Always, Did he say that? Always when he tried was, to make, uh, tried to find the equivalent to that, and couldn't really. It's find odd it. to me that he was saying that when he was sending you to the girls' well, basketball. That's, that was the fire. That's what Stacy yeah. Shell was told by her coach. We're going to throw you from the frying pan to the fire because Chad Withers is going to come out here and block your shot on four consecutive. Chad, will you, uh, for those brand new to the show, it's about to get real uncomfortable in here. Uh, he used to one, get punished. One of the backstories was once. Um, you had to go in the layup line with the girls. Oh, won the layup team. line. So here's what happened. I'm in practice and we're scrimmaging, and you know we we had an <laughs> annex gym, but it was being used for volleyball or something. So girls' team was on one side of the court. Everyone knows this this dilemma. Girls' high school team on one oh, yeah. side of the court. I'm on the other side with the guys' team <laughs> temporarily. And uh, I I had this thing where the, our coach would get so furious. If He's in the, the gender ball, neutral court. The ball was ever yeah. I was with Leah Thomas. <laughs> Uh, in the gender neutral court. Um, if the ball was ever jostled at all out of my hands, he would get, I mean, it could merely oscillate. He and he would get hands. pissed. And just, you're not being strong with the ball. So one time it happened twice where someone reached up, we're running motion offense, I catch it, knocks the ball, and it just moves in my hands, I get it and pass it. Damn Whistle's it, blown, and he said, if you're going to play like a girl, and you're going to hold the ball like a girl, go practice with the girls. Now, this is pre-PC uh, culture where this was said and no one you know, thought, of, thought right. a word about it. Sends me other... So I start to walk away like, oh, he just wants me to leave the drill. <laughs> and I start slowly you know, drifting back away from the drill to half court. And then they start to run a play. He stops the play. He said, what did I tell you? Go practice with the girls. So I walk to the other side of the court and I go <laughs> up to, to Coach Fryer, the girls coach. And I he says, Withrow, we all know each other. Withrow, what are you doing here? I said, Coach, Coach Bell told me to come practice with you. And he said, oh, great. All right. We're running half-court offense. Get in there on Stacy Shell. Oh. So I get in there, and I'm mad, and I, you know, I took my anger out. Starts fouling. I took my anger out on the five foot eleven post for our high school girls team who <laughs> tried to throw some weak turnaround on me, and I decided to swat it into the eighth row. Uh, a couple times. 5'11 post. I think I pinned a shot, shot off the backboard one time. 5'11 post. The, girl, the, the freshman girls on the baseline watching practice like, In oh! How, <laughs> every block. How long, how long did, the, uh, did the walk feel like it took to get to the other 
Well, it was it was less. It, it, the whole experience felt like it took six hours to complete, and it was probably a good ten minutes. How long were you until he there? called me over? Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Ten fifteen minutes. But it was the awkward moment of I'm just walking up into their practice, and the girls' coach is as intense a coach as you're going to find. I mean, he would yell at us on bus trips, like the guys' team, if we were being too loud with the cheerleaders or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. So, and we were afraid of him too. And he just looks back, like, "What are you doing in I our practice?" And I said, said, "Coach Bell told me to see, come over here, and I'm I'm here to help you guys any way I can." <laughs> and he pulled someone out and said, "All right, go guard our post player." Wouldn't it have been great if he said, "Hey, Coach Bell, I don't want him either." Yeah, get him out of here. Well, that's, I, this that was the teamwork you worked with back in the, the day in high school sports. You know, the guys coach, the girls coach. You gotta, you gotta mix and match. What if he so said, what, what, "Whose shot did you block?" Five eleven post. What Stacey if he said, "Stacy, I don't want you here. Go practice with the boys." <laughs> Stacy Shell caught my. If you wrath can't get a shot day. around Withrow. You go practice with the boys. Well, and it was one of those like it was so easy to block the shot. Yeah. You know, I'm like, do I catch it? <laughs> like, what do I do with this? She's just turning. She's shooting it into my chin. Did you? Finish? And I'm just punching the ball out. You know, going out of bounds, taking show- out my anger. Did you finish the practice down there on that end, or did you no, eventually was, get called back? I was back? eventually called back, and then you know the fear of God was placed in me, so I got out there, and you, you better damn believe I didn't get the ball knocked out of my did hands Did you get again the ball knocked out of your hands with the girls? Uh, no. I, I never played offense. He was all-time defense. Paul, I wasn't allowed to light these girls up. To, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a little bit more. All right, now you post up, Shell. <laughs> I'm drop-stepping, throwing a bow, going oh, up with the man. left hand, scoring every time. It such was more good, of a such a good. Story. We would so what's Stacy up to? We now? we would practice. Yeah. I'm not sure. Let's I, get her. Find out. I hope, if, hopefully, remembers. if I say her name enough, someone's gonna yeah. hear it and reach out to her, and we'll find out. And I'll give you an update tomorrow on Stacy's show. But we would. I don't know if you guys did this, but at times we would uh, press. So the the girls team would work on press offense against us. So if we ever blended the practice, it was the guys would go and press the girls, yeah, and dude. it was a win. If they got it across half court, it was a win. Right, it was a win for them or a loss for us. Like the goal was, we turned them over before they get it across the half court, and we'd go full out press with them. Which or you is can great. practice with six. You press with six, and it's five on six. Well, this leads to another basketball story. This is what I did against Becky Hammond when I worked for the uh, pro basketball team in Knoxville. Becky Hammond, who's now a great coach, she was the point guard for this team, and I would fame. bring my four buddies that played high school basketball or small college basketball out to practice at Maryville College. And that was what we would do. We would press their team, and we'd scrimmage a little bit at the end of practice. Some so how'd that go? We destroyed them. <laughs> I mean, we we destroyed. Them. She ever get upset with uh, you and send you to big women sports JV? fans get so mad when I say this, but we had you know uh, NCAA All Americans we were playing against that played at Tennessee. Uh, Becky Hammond, that was you know a WNBA All Star, and. I mean, we would beat them by 15 to 20 points over the course of a 30-minute scrimmage. How dare you? We were also mad when they got it across half court <laughs> when we decided to scrimmage them. And, and, and keep in mind, we were shooting a girls' basketball the whole time, which was very awkward for us to do. But that's, yeah, I that's, think how, that's how you get a roll. Just. I loved uh, whatever you, you, the, the team I played for. The basketballs were just in this massive rack, right? And so everything was mixed in together. And sometimes... You know, you'd have the smaller basketball mixed in. You'd blast off the yeah, backboard oh, oh, yeah. when you shot it. Yeah, just a, a rocket, or a ricochet off the backboard. Now I like I'll it. say, I found like it more the grippable. That we were very close. Oh, it's with just our, easier to shoot. We were, and I don't know if it's like this in Warren County, but we were very close to our girls' basketball team, and they were 
way more successful than us oh, same. in girls basketball. Yeah. Our girls basketball program, multi-state champion, always a contender. Um, and we would have shoot-arounds together on game day, and I would always play horse with JJ, Jennifer Johnson, who now still lives in Mount Juliet. She's doing very well. But she went to oh, Wake good. Forest and was a star mm-hmm. player at Wake Forest. But this is one where I didn't always win. <laughs> when we'd play horse, of course, she's playing with the girls' ball and playing with the guys' ball, it was probably 50-50. In those horse games. Very, you know, very good play. You player. really buried the lead about a girl from your school going to Wake Forest. Well, we had a um, we had a former... Our valedictorian went to MTSU. <laughs> former uh, production assistant, Kendall. One, she was in the finals for the, yeah. the horse tournament the we Brett had with Curran, the show. Barely. Kendall, yeah. uh, it was remarkable in our, our uh, horse tournament that we had because Kendall mastered... It was like a 12-foot bank shot. That she shot over and over and again. No one could match. And then Brett Kern was doing the same thing. Yeah, no one could match. He would go elbow to elbow, but Kendall had one shot that was so I mean, if you call bank on and it was the distance of the shot, it was so hard to Mid-range. gauge. Uh, it was she it was impressive it. to watch. Big decisions coming up across the AFC South. Um, Jacksonville and Houston, of course, in rebuild mode. Houston's got practically half their roster that feels like a free agent with all the one-year contracts that they signed last year. Meanwhile, in Jacksonville, uh, it's all about building around Trevor Lawrence, and they should have some, some options with their salary cap to do so. Indianapolis has a quarterback decision to make with Carson Wentz. And I think a big discussion with that is, what's the hot seat like for the GM and head coach now with, from Jim Ursay, who is apparently livid over the fact with how things ended and they didn't even make the postseason. Especially if they got to give up on this quarterback. And was it Dockage who said that, that he thought that Ursay was talked into into the Wentz deal? If they're dumping him now and they don't have the first-round pick that they gave up for him and the right. second-round pick, I mean, that is uh, three holes you've got there. You, you, you get a hole at quarterback, you can't replace him with the first or second-round pick because you've Dealt those two picks for him. That's a real disaster. Ursay feels like a guy, an owner who could want to follow the Cronky model at the QB position. Do something big, uh, because but they it, don't have the, they don't have one of the necessary resources that a team's going to want, which is a first rounder this year. Yeah, so you trade, but you you trade other resources. I don't know what those are, but if you're out on Wentz, if, if Wentz, if you feel like Wentz is the the position that's keeping you from the Super Bowl. And he was, I mean, it wasn't good. What do you do moving forward? And which quarterback is available? That, that's, that, I think that's a domino that happens sooner rather than later, given the fact that Wentz is due $7 million um, up front on a roster bonus on March 18th. I think, though, if you were making a big quarterback deal and you couldn't give a first this year, one of the things you'd have to do to make up for that is give away one of your valuable pieces. So are you deal- if you're dealing Darius Leonard, say, in that trade, mm-hmm. well, you're not as close to a Super Bowl team as you thought you were with him gone on your defense, right? In all this quarterback talk and all the, the guys who you know, may be available, may not be available, we talked about Deshaun Watson earlier being the big mystery man as to where he ends up and what happens with his, his legal proceedings. There's so little talk, and I know we'll get into this combine and post-combine, about someone actually falling in love with a rookie quarterback and making that player the guy. Like I'm saying truly not just a, well, we need a quarterback, so let's take one because this guy's available, but someone trading up early 
to get someone they believe is the next great quarterback Charlie in this league. Still. Now the Three one the one now. scenario I've seen, I think the ringer, it was in their um their mock draft, had a scenario where Pittsburgh traded up to get Malik Willis. Malik Willis. That's why I thought Pittsburgh had From a high Liberty. pick. They picked at 12 in that mock, and I didn't realize it, it yeah. was a trade. Yeah, there was a trade up where they got Malik Willis in that one. But there's going to be a lot of versions of mock drafts and a lot of you know uh, fictional trades that take place, hypothetical trades in the coming weeks. But I've seen more. That's than one the one place. thing we're not hearing a lot about is well, Matt Corral is there, or you know, Sam Howell is yeah, there, or Malik excited. Willis, or it's just not a lot of that going around. One thing I repeatedly see is Marcus Mariota to Pittsburgh. And one thing I repeatedly think is two and a half games is the over-under for him being hurt. One other thing in the division. I mean, what's the example, though, of a, about Mariota, of a quarterback drafted high by someone, benched, replaced by that organization, goes somewhere else for multiple years as a and doesn't crack the starting lineup as a backup, and then reemerges somewhere else as a starter and is really good. It's a it's a rare. It's got to be a small list. Now, I'm not thinking of the player that would fit that right now. Yeah. That goes from top level draft pick, franchise quarterback, loses, does okay, then eventually loses the job, and then goes and doesn't immediately start somewhere else and is good and revitalizes their career because they're made the starter quickly, but goes somewhere for three years, right? In, in two Vegas, years, I think two years is the backup. No, three years. Yeah, no, two years. 19, he was here. Yeah, it, yeah, but Tannehill took over that year. So 2020, 2021 in Vegas, back up, and then starts their career over and is a great starter. I'm sure, I, uh, I, I'm sure that player's happened. not coming to mind right now. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the closest guy I can come up with and pull from out of a hat. Who, I mean, he played for like 10 franchises, so surely one of those was one where he was a backup and then rebounded as a starter. I was thinking of Hostetler. Was Hostetler yeah, in I mean, front again, of I, Sims I, I'm sure there are plenty of examples like Sims. that. Hutton that came back and went Tarot with a Taylor. starter. I'm saying that was really good starter in the league. Yeah. Yeah, Probably I think rare. He's, he's right on the fringe of being a starter again to re- be replaced by a rookie quarterback. Yep. Yeah, and look, I'm not saying Marcus Mariota can't be a starter. I am. For someone. I'm saying that he's going to be a starter of a team that's rebuilding that just yeah. needs a quarterback while they to bridge it. either bring the, the, the young quarterback along or they figure out what they're going to do in a trade. Well, he can't be a starter because he can't stay healthy. So he could start for a while. It's just the ticking clock as to when he gets well, he, injured. We should also mention him for Indy um, if Indy decides to go the rookie route in some way. Yeah. And then that would be... That's another bridge element to what they could do. Yeah, he, he's a reasonable bridge acquisition, mm-hmm. but you're crossing your fingers uh, sure. with regard to the injury. One thing on the AFC South that you started this with, left tackle questions with the Colts, who are going to have, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you're bringing in Mariota, you got a fragile guy. If you've got a rookie, you want time. Eric Fisher did not work out and is a free agent. They've got to do better. Glowinski's also a free agent on, on the line. Terrible, I think. Um, and Jacksonville, Cam Robinson is a free agent at left tackle. You're going to see some movement potentially in half the division at left tackle. Jacksonville's probably taking a tackle. The pro- I would say Evan Neal is their guy right yeah. now which in would, the draft. Which would answer that problem long term, you, you would expect. But the, it's very interesting in, in, uh, in Indy, for sure. Yeah. And it, I mean, Houston's just uh, – Houston should just – Ball up whatever they have and throw it in the trash and get ready for a better quarterback class next year. Not I mean, this year. Houston needs to be praying, what I said earlier, that Deshaun Watson settles this case yeah. and is pretty quickly 
clearly eligible. You know what? Uh, I think John McClain said it that the league might come back and say, we'll probably come back and say, hey, you missed a year because of this. That's enough. And then someone can give the Kings ransom for Deshaun Watson, and they can go about rebuilding through the draft. And then to be frank, you want to draft with a cra- you want to trade with a crappy team. A, a yes. team that's got a good pick now and a team that you don't expect to be very good for the next two or three years. I don't see a team I don't see a crappy team being the one that gets Deshaun Watson. Well I see a Tampa you want, being the one to get them. Well, because the, look, Deshaun Watson's in Tampa, which has been raised today, mm-hmm. they're in contention again next year. They're not going anywhere, right. even with the why, loss of Tom Brady. That's why if you say three first, it sounds like uh, you know, traumatic giveaway. But if Tampa has Deshaun Watson, those picks are in the 20s Absolutely. the next two years, and it's not a great pick this year from a playoff team. So all of a sudden, those three picks aren't that great in totality. You well, know? And then you could use it with your own first pick to trade up conceivably to get your quarterback. But it's it, not a haul the way we're thinking of it if you look at it all together. Then there's the, the Titans who have their, their biggest free agent is Harold Landry. Who is going to command big money? He's on, projected on, on Spotrack at seventeen point seven a year, and the and the and the tag is eighteen point eight projected. So do they? Do you think they tag him for a year? Or do you, well, I mean they, I, there were reports that during the season that his management was talking with the Titans about an extension? Look, here's the thing, Harold Landry, and they never has that. been a great player for the Titans. I mean, Players, stead, steadily got better which is what you want to see. Um, you know, their front four is their best thing. If you could bring back one thing from this team next year and say it'll be a lock, you want Landry, Simmons, yeah. Autry, Dupree, who's going to be great. It finished strong. He'll be totally removed from the ACL. But I could see them looking at Harold Landry and saying, this guy is not singularly dynamic where he dictates that price tag. And the Titans have drawn a line on a ton of guys and said, Look, we like him, but at that number, let somebody else scheme up what we schemed up for that guy and make it work. Now, if they let him go, they've got to find somebody. Else. They can't just plug in Derek Roberson and, and have the next guy and expect that front four to be what it was. So I think if you home grow a pass rush talent and you're going to overpay for anything, that's what you overpay for. Yeah. Because that front four was spectacular. You re-sign him and you're, you're set. But – Simmons' contract is coming. You know, you're going to be totally flipping, with you, though. You're that, be flipping a, your roster to paying a lot of money for your front four and all of a sudden not paying a lot for corners because you're now young at corner and cheap. But don't you have to keep that four together? Yeah, it, it, if you can. I, I'm with you on that. I, I'm in the YouTube chat also, and this is one comment we just got. And tell me just how tough this is to hear if you're a Colts fan and these are your options. <laughs> but a guy says... I'd take Mitchell Trubisky over Mariota if I were Indy. <laughs> Can you imagine selling that to Colts fans? Hey, Wentz didn't work out. You all were out on Wentz. We got rid of Wentz, but now <laughs> we're down to Trubisky or Mariota for the franchise quarterback in Indy. That's well, a tough spot. I, along with a draft pick. It's got to be along with a draft pick, right? Yeah. Yes. But the draft pick is, is not – I mean, do they give away their first and second this year or is the second round their next year? I think it's second next year. So it was going to be a second, second this year if he played less than 75% of the snaps. It went up to a first, uh, like around right. week 13, whenever he played more than 75%. the additional pick isn't the same season. It's n- yeah, I think it's next year. All right, so you're talking about a second or third round It wasn't two seconds this year. I mean, Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. 
It, w- it would have been a second this yeah, year I and mean, it moved to a sh- first. Chad, to your point, that's absolutely painful to think about. Uh, you know, well, I just read Trubisky, it. It makes I'm Carson not, Wentz look good. I'm not mocking the post because he may be right, in the po- but I'm just thinking if that's your options and you're a Colts fan, that's, that's well, a tough no, way it, to go. If those are your options, you just keep Wentz. Yeah, I true. Mean, that's the, if those are your options. That's why Draft the Mortensen the report. That's why the Mortensen report is intriguing because it, it sounds like if if true, there is a plan in place to really, you know, have a, a a ripple effect across the league with whatever move they they they're making, because you don't get rid of Wentz without a plan, and you're not getting rid of Carson Wentz to replace him with Mitchell Trubisky or Marcus Mariota as the plan. So. It's either get into the first round to get your guy, or they're going to make some massive trade and guarantee that they've got something locked in. Many have assumed it's Jimmy Garoppolo, because that's the commodity that we know is on the market and is not probably he's probably not getting it costing a first round pick, is he? No. I don't know. These things get inflated. No, I mean, I mean it cost a second round pick when he went there, uh, and he's he's put up a huge winning record. But we all know what they're doing. They're moving on from Jimmy G because they gave up two first rounders, um, no, last year's first rounder, and two more first rounders to move up and draft Trey Lance. I mean, if you're not trade, you're trading him or releasing him. I think he could get a conditional first round pick, especially if there's not a lot of movement with the other guys, depending on um, what goes on. I mean, if, if Jimmy Garoppolo is traded people. for a first. Conditional. If, I mean, Jared Goff was traded in exchange for Matthew Stafford and first-round picks. I'm trying to think of, like, the equivalent of, of Garoppolo getting a first-round pick in San Francisco, getting I, one I'm of those just picks saying, back. He was worth a second when he went to San Francisco, and he's won a lot of games outside of being hurt. But the difference what's is, What's your Paul, beef with him? The Patriots didn't have to trade him. I understand, but they did. And the 49ers, then, everyone knows the 49ers are trading this guy right. or cutting him. But is he not a better quarterback now than he was then? Yeah. But if I also know what they're, what they're going to do with him. So why would you give up something that no one else is willing to trade for? Well, if they're two suitors. I mean, uh, Julio Jones was, you know, a good wide receiver. You hear his name with Pittsburgh, too. Yeah, I, and, um, and a little bit in Miami. But that's, I think that's with the McDaniel connection. Which, I, which makes sense. The quarterback stuff's going to be ter- terrific. If not, so if not going back it's to the It's either going to be terrific or a huge bust. Well, I, I, I think it could be right. terrific even without Rodgers and Wilson. If not... Um, I don't think that where Jimmy Garoppolo ends up, though, is all that interesting. Well, Deshaun Watson's is. Deshaun Watson's very interesting. That's, that's the top of the line. If nothing else hits, if Rodgers stays, if... Brady stays retired. If Russell Wilson stays put in Seattle, then it's Deshaun Watson, and it's a drop-off to Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, Wentz. the rest of those stories. They're all pretty intriguing. Teams changing starting quarterback is intriguing. It's Just, not as big as Aaron Rodgers and Wilson. No, th- those two are going to command Super Bowl contention whenever they're traded. Garoppolo is interesting to me because where Garoppolo goes, that team is a playoff contender. Indianapolis is not a playoff team. If they well, get Jimmy the Garoppolo, thing. they're competing for – it's not the AFC. They're competing for the terrible AFC South. That, I think that's the thing to keep in mind is the team to beat is the Tennessee Titans. And the Titan – it took the, uh, a comeback against the Colts early on in uh, a close matchup here in Nashville. And then the comeback on the road in Indy that overtime. went in overtime where Wentz lost the game. 
Here's the uh, thing that we haven't tied into this other Colts weirdness about Wentz. Uh, I think it came out Super Bowl week while we were out in L.A. It was kind of like, uh, I don't know if it was an Ursa message or just came out that the team's message is, we're all in this year. Which, to me, like it's their slogan, all in. To me, if you come up with that slogan this year, what's it tell you about last year? We were not. How could you not have been? That suggests some kind of hole. I don't know if it's directly tied to Wentz, but we said when they lost those last two games, something mentally, yes. something in their mentality was missing. They've got fixing to do that is some personnel, but it's also some that's got to come from Ballard and well, It's and coming Ryan. from Ballard. Watching Ballard's postseason press conference, he looked not shocked. There was just like a, a, a stunned effect to whatever they had in place he was going to have to alter the path. Yeah, he came up short in terms of team composition, yes. in terms of not not certainly talent in some ways, but ment- team mentality, chemistry, all that stuff. Kevin O'Connell discussing whether or not Kirk Cousins is his quarterback in Minnesota next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Kevin O'Connell is the new head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. He's at his first presser, the introductory press conference for the new coach from the Rams, former offensive coordinator there. And he says this on Kirk Cousins, on if Cousins is the QB. Quote, I know he's under contract and I'm excited to coach him. I've already started thinking about how we're going to build those systems for him. I'm anticipating Kirk being a part of what we do. That was not uh, the resounding yes. So he leaves room there. Pretty close to a resounding yes. Yeah, I'm anticipating. I mean, I think when you say, I understand he's under contract, it's not yeah. necessarily resounding. The way right. that I'm way. anticipating. But, yeah. I mean, it, well, you got to cover yourself, too. Because yeah. you don't know what your GM's going to do. It's a lot more than But when than you what... start with, I, under, I understand he's under contract. <laughs> yeah. So I'm told... Yeah, I'm going to start devising some plays for a I don't Kirk. know. There's stuff out there about Cousins being part of the, the movement. And I, he worked with Cousins in Washington, correct? Yes. But, um, you know, look, he's, he's a first-year head coach. If, if they're going to turn things over, uh, this isn't a bad time. And Cousins, say what you will about him, is an attractive guy. If you're starting something somewhere and you like him, you can have them for a year and decide, right? You don't, you don't have to give them a big contract. Yeah, it's a, He's not going to be super expensive in a trade. It's a great place to draft a rookie because you, you've got him under a year contract and you bridge the gap because this is a year for the quarterbacks where, from the discussion, there'll be one guy that, that plays very well from the jump potentially. But this is a great year, it seems, to sit a guy behind a veteran – and wait a year and develop him. And if you've got that in place, I think there are a handful of teams that could do it. Minnesota's a great candidate for it. But if you're going to do that... Especially with the new head coach. See, I, 
I get what you're saying. But if you're going to do that and you can get something decent for Cousins and let him have his last year somewhere else, then get on with it with your, with your rookie or find a crappy bridge. Um, if you can get something decent. For, for, I don't know what decent you're getting. For Cousins. For Cousins with one year left on a contract? That's, it seems like a dump-off well, situation. I, I was thinking about this last night. And, like, uh, you know, take away the Tannehill money thing if Tannehill didn't cost a fortune. You know, there are a lot of crappy teams who could do a lot worse than Kirk Cousins, than Ryan Tannehill, than whatever, who are looking to get to a position of good where they'd be, you know, they'd kill to be in position to be wanting to get rid of a Kirk Cousins or a Ryan Tannehill. And I think we undervalue that, you know. That there are teams out there just looking to get to a stable quarterback who gives them a chance any given Sunday to win a game. We've now been around Tannehill for a while and say, well, okay, we know the Titans are going to get to the playoffs, and then he's going to probably stink for them. But the problem, Paul, is that's never the ultimate goal. No. That's a that's a But you have to go in stages for some. Put your finger in the dike type move. Mm-hmm. That's no, that's no team is saying Boy, I just want a quarterback as good as Ryan Tannehill to give us a shot every Sunday. They're saying, I want the next great quarterback. Right. Or I want one of the current great quarterbacks. But sometimes you might not be able to find that guy, and you take a step. Or you're Sean McVay. <laughs> and you say, you know what? We're going to get the future Super Bowl winning quarterback this offseason. There's a couple guys that qualify. Time to fly to Cabo. Cousin's not that guy. He's not. Kirk Cousins going to Cabo anytime soon? (laughs) Thanks for joining us on Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. And please, don't block the box. Do lock your locks.